So now let's start again. Sorry about that. Okay. Take two. Hayas Rabat Simha. That's what we're learning for. And uh, the Parashas Kitavos. I'll tell you outside what we learned. Torah is telling us that when you're going to go into Eretz Yisrael, so you're going to have to bring a, a mitzvah. It's called Bikurim. Bikurim is the first fruits. And uh, basically you take from the first fruits and you put it in a basket and you go to Jerusalem and you give it to the Kohen who's serving at the time. Now this mitzvah, as she says, does not apply until you conquer it and until you divide it. And it took actually 14 years, seven years to conquer and then seven years to divide the land amongst the tribes. You heard about the Six-Day War. This was a seven-year war that the Jewish people had to fight in the times of Yeshua. After the seven-year war was over, they divided the land into the tribes for an additional seven years. And then the Torah says, the Mitzvah of Bikurim applies. Now, the Mitzvah of Bikurim, which is the first fruits, does not apply to all fruits, only to fruits of Eris Israel and the fruits that Eris Israel was praised with. For example, grapes, uh, pomegranates, uh, dates, uh, olives, and the Torah about the figs. So basically what happens is a person goes out into his field and he sees, let's say, a fig that just comes out as the first fruit. He puts a string on it and he proclaims that it's Bikurim. Torah then says he has to take a basket and put the first fruits in the basket and then go up to Nushalayim and this is where we're up to. And you will tell or you will say to the Kohen. You have to not only give the Bikurim to the Kohen, but actually there's a recitation. I have, uh, I have said, uh, I declare today to Hashem, uh, God, He makes a declaration. Kibati, I have come. And the artists of the land, I've come to the promised land that God has given to our fathers. Now, basically, that she says something very, very short and very profound. That when you come, you must say to the Kohen, basically, I am not an ingrate. Meaning, I appreciate the fact that we have a land. I appreciate the fact that the fruit grew and that I'm able to come here in good health and give the fruit to the Kohen. So therefore, the main uh, lesson or underpinnings of the Mizvah Bekurim is to teach a person uh, that he should be gracious and he shouldn't be uh, an ingrate. So that's what basically he's telling the Kohen, the Kohen when he gets there, that uh, I am not unappreciative. And then the Torah says that uh, the Kohen will take the basket from the uh, from the person and he actually has to wave it, which is part of the process. Uh, the Kohen puts his hands to the hands of the owner and they wave it up and down and back and forth. That's part of the process. They place it next to the Mizbeah. And then uh, the Pasuk says he has to raise his voice, uh, the, the person who brings it, and he has to now thank God, not only for the first fruits, but he really goes back in history and thanks God for all the different processes for getting from point A all the way to Eretz Israel, and he starts Arami Oved Avi now he starts to mention all the kindnesses that God did who's the Arami? Arami is Lavan Oved Avi 
Laban tried to kill my father. Who's my father? Yaakov. Where do we see that Laban tried to kill Yaakov? That when Yaakov left, he was running away and chasing him. And Laban's intention was to kill Yaakov. And only because God came to Laban in a dream and told him, don't touch Yaakov. So therefore, by the Goyim, their intention is considered as if they did it when it comes to bad things. So therefore, since he intended to kill us, God says, you get the credit as if you did it. Or I should say you get the punishment as if you did it. So we say, Arami, the Aramean, the Laman, Obed Avi, tried to, who actually killed my father. And then we have another nation that tried to kill us after Laman. And who's that? Paro. We went down to Mitzrayim. And we only went down with a few souls. How many people went down to Egypt initially? Only 70. But now, God turned that 70 nations into Goy Gadol. We left Egypt. We were close to 3 million people. The Egyptians were bad to us. And they afflicted us. And they gave us hard work. They had the sandwich? No. That's <laughs> exactly what we read in Haggadah Pesach. Very good. Oh, no. Was it? And then we cried out. Salami, uh, fried salami or and then uh, Hashem heard our prayers. God heard our prayers, which is very comforting to know that when we call out to God, He hears us. He saw our uh, affliction. He saw our travail, our troubles and our oppression. Again, for further elaboration of these Pesukim, you're going to have to wait till Pesach, because these Pesukim are actually the basis of the Haggadah Shel Pesach. The, the Haggadah Shel Pesach does not go through the whole story of Egypt, the long version. It takes these four Pesukim, which is really a concise version beginning to end, and the Haggadah gives a, you know, uh, little elaboration on these pesukim. That's why it sounds familiar to you. And God brought us to this place, referring to the Beit HaMikdash, when we came out of Mitzrayim. And he gave us the, the land, Israel, Zabat Halamudmash, a land of flowing milk and honey. And now, I have brought the first fruits of the land, Hashem has given me I placed it in front of God. You shall bow in front of Hashem, which means uh, the, the Torah comes along and says that after the Kohen uh, waves it, it's uh, it's placed down, and he reads the uh, this recitation over here, and the pasuk ends. And we shall rejoice in all the good. And as she learns over here, a big lesson, that 
we only bring Bikurim at the time of Simha, at the time of joy. Now, what is the time of joy? So that she says from, uh, from Atzeret, from Shavuot, until Sukkot. So it's like a six-month period from Shavuot, which let's say is Sivan. So Sivan, uh, Tammuz, Av, Elul, Tishri, about five, five and a half months. That's the, the, the period of the year that you can bring the Bikuri. So that she says, because it's a happy time of year, because that's when people are collecting their fruits and collecting their, their produce, the wine, the oil, and the different. However, from Sukkot and onward, he may bring the Bikurim. However, Enokore, he does not make the recitation. So the recitation, there's two parts of the Bikurim. There's the actual bringing of the Bikurim, and then there's the recitation. There are two separate mitzvot. The bringing and the recitation is done from Shavuot until Sukkot. The bringing alone is from Sukkot and on. And then the Torah ends tonight where it says, and uh, you shall rejoice, you, uh, your house, yourself, the Levi, and the convert that is in your midst. And she says that even the Levi is obligated to give Mikurim. Because if you remember, we said that Leviim also have designated land in Eretz Israel. It's not uh, land that's divided into like the tribes, but they have certain pieces of uh, real estate that they get. So therefore, if they plant in those uh, uh, fields, so they're also obligated to bring the Kurim itself and the Ger, the convert. Now the convert, he brings the Kurim, but he's not able to recite because in the recitation, the convert says, uh, the land that you gave uh, to our fathers, that you promised to our fathers. And since he was a convert, so his fathers are really not Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. So therefore, he does not have to make, or he cannot make that uh, recitation. He can bring the Bikurim, but he cannot say the word Lavotin. All right, Lavotai, we did it. Stop over here. We have the Fuash Shalema for Welcome. We're learning for the Fuash Shalema Hayasara. Batsimha. And we are in Parashat uh, Kitavo. And we're in Aliyat uh, Sheni, Pasuk Bet. So let's just review. We're talking about now the laws of uh, tithes. Ma'asir. So the law is that every year you have to give certain uh, entitlements, uh, taxes, we'll call them, to the Kohanim and to the Leviim. Discussed this several times already. The Kohanim always at least 2% of the yield. It's called Tirumah. And uh, the Levi receives 10%. That's called Maaser Rishon. And then the, uh, the field owner must take an additional 10% of his product and bring it to Jerusalem to eat. That's called Maaser Sheni. And then in certain years of the Shemitah cycle, actually the third year and the sixth year, he has to take, instead of Maaser Sheni, he takes what's called Maaser Ani. He takes a 10% uh, and he gives it to the, to the poor people. 
Now, at the end of the uh, third year, so he has to make a declaration in front of the Kohen that he gave all his Pasco. has to say, they be what he deserves, and I gave the uh, the uh, uh, um, the poor man what he deserves, and I took my fruit up to Jerusalem, like the halakha says, and he has to make a, a confession that he did everything, everything that, uh, that was uh, correct. So that's what the Pasuk says. After the third year, the Torah says, and you will give the Levi, you gave your tithes to the Levi, to the Gerti, to the widow, to the orphan, meaning the poor people. And uh, you gave everybody what they were supposed to, uh, you know, were supposed to get. Now, yes. You said con- confession. Sounds like something wrong. Right, so this is a confession. Funny, you're saying that today a different type of confession, which is probably the hardest confession. Because this is a confession that you're confessing to God that you did everything right, which is much harder than confessing that you did something wrong. Because when you confess that you did something wrong, okay, did it wrong. Come and confess to God that you did everything right. right? You have to be a, a lot of guts to, to make sure that you did it right. But it's, it's, it's more like a, um, we call it a confession. It's more like a, uh, maybe like a uh, disclosure or a, you know, disclaimer where you're saying, I gave everything and I did everything uh, uh, properly. Uh, so then the Torah comes along and says that, um, and you will say, in front of Hashem, which literally means I have eliminated the holy things from the house. Now, what is that uh, referring to? So, number one, that's the tempest you have to take to Jerusalem. So you're not allowed to have it in your house. you got to go to Jerusalem. And also, we know that if you plant a tree, the first three years, you're not allowed to eat from the fruit, and the fourth year also was holy. So that you cannot have in your house either. You have to get rid of it. And um, the Torah comes along and says that, uh, let's say a person had, uh, you know, Ma'asir Shini in his house, and he couldn't get to Jerusalem the first year. Okay, the second year, he has more Ma'asir Shini, and he couldn't get there. After the third year, he has no choice but to go which means there's a, like an expiration date. You have to get rid of it. You can't just keep on collecting Ma'asir Shini and saying, oh, I'll go next year. I'll go next year. No. The Torah comes and says that eventually you must bring them up after the third year. And the Torah comes along and says that also you're obligated to give Bikurim, like we learned in uh, Sunday night's class. Bikurim is the first fruits. Uh, and the Pasuk says, um, I did all the mitzvot that you commanded me. Um, and you, I, meaning he said, I gave them an order, etc. I did exactly what I was supposed to. 
ולא שכחתי. And I didn't forget. Now, what do you mean didn't forget? She says, I didn't forget to bless you. Now, the simple explanation is that before you do these mitzvah, you have to make a beracha. But that's probably not what she means over here when he says, I didn't forget to make a beracha, because really the beracha is not a Torah law. So it must be that I didn't forget to appreciate that all these, you know, when a person, let's say, gives uh, sedakah, so he has to be appreciative that he's able to give sedaka. That Hashem put him in a position to give. Yeah, there's so many people that they, 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 they can't give. They just have to be on the receiving end. So people complain. Oh, there's too many charity collectors, so many organizations. Uh, uh, but thank God, you have to say, that Baruch Hashem, you're on the side of the giving and you're not on the other side. So one time somebody walked in uh, to deal synagogue. It was in the summer and I was there. I was a kid. And they used to have a table set up in the front of the lobby. They were always collecting for something. And one guy uh, was sitting behind the table. He was collecting for some orphan uh, situation. And the guy said, when he walked in the rich guy, oh, another drive, another appeal. You know, enough is enough. So the guy told him, you know, you should be very lucky that you're not sitting on my side of the table. You're the rich guy on the other side that's, you know, in the position to help. He says, if you sit on my side, and I'm the one that's collecting. So it's much much uh, harder to be on my side, he said, than, than your side. As difficult as it is to give, it's still better than to be the, the needy person. So therefore, the pasuk is saying that I didn't forget you, God. I didn't forget to uh, to bless you. Uh, now there's laws that, um, let's say we said you take this Maser Shini and you bring it to Jerusalem. There's certain laws that apply. For example, if somebody's onen, Onen means, there you go. If somebody's onen, uh, that means uh, one of his relatives, God forbid, died and they didn't bury them yet. So he's not allowed to eat ma'asir sheni. So he has to tell the declaration, I did not eat it as onen uh, uh, and I didn't also, I didn't consume it in a state of impurity which means uh, you're not allowed to eat ma'asir sheni if the person is impure. You're not allowed to uh, give it uh, to make uh, a coffin shrouds. Make a coffin or shrouds out of ma'asir. How could you make a coffin or shrouds? I guess. Oh wait, after. So where are we? So oh, so so the, the Torah says that. Vivian, you have to mute your phone. I can mute everybody. Oh, there they go. They muted themselves. Okay. I didn't mute myself. All right. Anyway, so it says over here that you can't sell, let's say, the tiruma or the maser sheni, and then go buy shrouds with it, or sell the maser sheni and buy a uh, a coffin or, or things like that. Now, finally, he says, "Shamati mekod Hashem elohai." I listened uh, to the word of Hashem, and I brought whatever I had to bring 
לבית המקדש, עשיתי ככל השץ ביתני. I did exactly what I was supposed to do. This is a classic Rashi over here, when it says, I did exactly what I was supposed to do. What is exactly you're supposed to do? Rashi says, Samahti v'simahti. I, I rejoiced and I brought joy to others. And that's such a, 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 a pivotal point in the performance of the mitzvot. It's not enough just to say, I, um, I did the mitzvah. You know, I, I fulfilled it. Uh, I, I, I got it done. I, I checked it off. No. The attitude that you have to have during the mitzvah is part of the declaration. And if you say that you did it, they're going to question you, but what was your attitude when you did it? So, yeah, well, I like paying taxes, you know, I like, like having a burden on my shoulder and I was able just to expel it and uh, relieve myself from it. And that's not, so the attitude, it, it plays in a lot. So you have to say, I did as you commanded. So that she says, as you commanded, I did it with joy. Now, how does that she know that I did it as you commanded. Where did she see in those words, I did it as you command, that it means you did it joyously. It doesn't say anything about the attitude. It just says, I did it as you commanded me. And I think the explanation is because that brings you the joy knowing that you were commanded from God to do this. Uh, that's that's a, a, a tremendous uh, motivator to know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu uh, I said this to the kids in Ilan this week. There's uh, there's uh, billions of 15 billion people in the world, and God has an errand uh, to run. God has an errand He wants us, uh, you know, somebody to do. So He chooses uh, us from 15 billion people. Uh, the, 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 the odds of winning the Powerball are better than getting chosen in one of uh, you know 15 billion people, and we and we're, we're the chosen ones. And God says. I trust that you'll be able to, uh, you know, uh, fulfill this mission better than anybody else. So that should cause you so much joy that you were chosen. Forget about the Olam Abba, the, the, the excitement that God has, uh, 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 you know, uh, chosen us. Hey. <laughs> I mean, recognizing that you commanded me to do it, that causes me to have a lot of a lot of simha. And the pasuk says, not only was I happy, but v'simachti, I made I made others happy as well. And I once heard the explanation is who, who, who's the others, meaning you make Hashem happy. That when when a person does a mitzvah, you're giving God nahatruah or the olam. So that already should give you great joy that you know you're giving. Hakadosh, what, 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 what is that worth? Uh, to know that you're giving God satisfaction and God is happy with you, that you are doing His mitzvot. That anytime we do the right thing, God is happy, and that's what the Arizal said. When you do the mitzvah, you have to imagine it that you're doing something that's worth more than all the money in the world. What would your attitude be if somebody would give you a check for all the money in the world? Yeah, yeah, yeah you can buy anything you want. You can go anywhere you want. You can spend whatever. Probably be very happy. He says, put that on the side. Any mitzvah that Hashem tells us is greater than all the money that you can make in the world. And you have to have the attitude of that joy that you would have had with your money. You have to have it with, 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 with the mitzvot. And that's uh, a key item that uh, sometimes is missing in the performance of the mitzvot. 
Everybody says, yeah, I did it. I got it done. I went. No, the question is, well, you, many years ago, uh, me and one of my uh, colleagues, we did a mitzvah. Uh, we went to the old age home or to the old buildings, and we helped them uh, uh, build, uh, change their mitzvah for them. And that was a big mitzvah. There's a story on that in itself. But after we finished the mitzvah, we were so uh, uh, um, privileged that, why, why did Hashem bring us this mitzvah? Happened to be the first guy we went to change his mezuzah. The mezuzah that we took down crumbled in our hands. It was like, uh, it was like uh, sawdust. Uh, and uh, we were able to put a new mezuzah up for the guy, old man. And we felt it was a big, big zechut. And we went down, it was, a, it was Ocean Parkway, Kings Highway, the corner. The building is still there. And uh, we made a, a dance, a dance of Simcha. And I have no doubt that that dance that we made in the lobby, just to enjoy that we, we did, no, nobody was watching, no, no, no music. We were, you know, just a two-minute thing, nothing major. But my, my opinion is that that Simcha was greater than anything we did that day. That, that's showing us that we're well, not a burden. We didn't look like we were inconvenienced. That, and what, what are you happy about? We're happy. We didn't make any money. We didn't talk somebody get. But now we were saying it's better than money. We just did here today, and the proof of it, proof it is, we're still talking about it. Thirty years later, more thirty five years later, we're still talking about it. That that moment. So that shows it was a real, it was a real moment. It was an eternal moment. It was a it was a forever moment. I don't I don't remember the money I made thirty five years ago. I don't remember what I ate thirty five years ago. I don't remember the clothes that I had or the car that I drove thirty five years ago. Most people don't remember. But those events of spirituality that you did a mitzvah, and more important, that you rejoiced, you rejoiced in the mitzvah, and you were, were happy, that shows God that uh, the mitzvot are uh, a pleasure, and they're actually something that, um, that, that lifts our spirit. Anyway, the pasuk ends, we tell God, as a result that we gave all these uh, tithes, uh, gaze down from the heavens, Bless your people, bless the land, that you gave us, because this is the land of flowing milk and uh, honey. Now she says, uh, We tell God, we did exactly what you decreed upon us. Now, now you do what's incumbent upon you to do. You said that if we do the mitzvot, you will bring us blessings. Well, God, we did our share. Now you fulfill your share. And uh, it refers to the berachah that God's going to give us in the land of Israel. And as she says, um, when you gave us and you swore to our fathers that what? To give us this land and you fulfilled it. It is the land of flowing milk and honey. Okay? Stop over here. Sorry about the interruption. We're learning. And we're learning. But, and we are actually she. It's Perek. Chabav Pasuket Zayin. Hayom Azeh Hashem Rechem Esavecha. Today, 
Hashem is commanding you to fulfill etachokim, the statutes and the uh, the laws, the shamarta ba'asita otam, and you will observe them with all your heart, and <coughs> all your soul. Now, the question over here is, that what does it mean, Hayom Hazir? Today, I am commanding you the law. We weren't commanded today. We were commanded, commanded at Har Sinai. So that she says that you have to regard that the mitzvot should be fresh in your eyes and new in your eyes as if you were commanded to them today. That gives it a, uh, a newness. It keeps it, uh, it keeps it vibrant. That you should accept the laws as if you just received them. And that'll cause you to do them with extra, extra excitement. And the Torah says, "The shamarta ba'asita otam, bat kol mebarachto." It's a beautiful blessing here. It says that if a person brings the first fruits one year, there's a blessing that God blesses him that he'll merit to bring it the next year as well. Therefore, the pasuk is saying. And you will fulfill it, meaning you'll have the merit to fulfill this mitzvah another time. So the mitzvah bikurim come, comes out to be a mitzvah that brings a person uh, a guarantee of life. If he brings it one year, he'll bring it the next year. Et Hashem he'emarta hayom. So now the pasuk says, Et Hashem he'emarta hayom. So this word he'emarta is a tricky word, that she learns it means that we have a distinguished God. He's trying to find a, a similar word for it, but it's a sign of endearment, that we have distinguished, made God one, uh, to be God for us. We chose him to go in his ways, to fulfill his statutes, and the Pasuk says, vice versa, and God has distinguished us to be his nation. So we are God's treasured nation. Like he told us, and he commissioned us to his commandments. So we chose and distinguished God as the one God, and he in turn chooses us and distinguishes us amongst the nations. And God told us that in Har Sinai, you will be a, a treasure for me. And that God is going to lift us up and place us uh, above all the uh, goyim, that he created. And it's going to be uh, for... Uh, for praise, for uh, for uh, uh, renown, become famous, and for glory. And God designated us to be His holy, His holy people. Moshe then commanded the elders, Shamor et Make sure that you observe all that I've commanded you today, meaning in the present. 
and it'll be by Yom Hashem Tavru Tendem when you're going to cross the Jordan River into Israel. So now the Torah is teaching us the law of the establishment of the of the uh, of, of the of the rocks of the stones. We're going to learn about it now. To establish twelve stones, and you're going to put limestone on them. And what is the um, what is the purpose of these stones over here? It's called the Vrea Torah Zot, the Oblekan. You're going to write on the stones a copy of the whole Torah. The Marasher, Tavo, Elaaris, Shena Shimonokarot, Necha, Eris of Atamud Vash, in order that you should merit to inherit the land that Hashem promised. And it says, Vehayab, Ovrechimetayarden, when you cross the Jordan, Takimuta, Banima Ele, fix these stones. That I'm commanding you, place them at the mount Eval. We set and place them. Uh, we said with limestone. You cover them with limestone. And it says, you'll build an altar when you cross the Jordan. It's be made out of stones, and you're not allowed to use any metal. complete stones that are not, you know, broken. You bring sacrifices to Hashem. And you also bring Korban Shilamim. You'll eat the Korbanot there. And then I want you to write on these stones. It's called the Torah. I want you to write the whole Torah. And she says, in 70 languages. So, by the Ber Moshe Vakwanim al Bim, it's called Israel the Mord. So Moshe Rabbeinu spoke with the people, and he said, "Hasket, hasket means uh, meaning be attentive, pay attention." Ushma Yisrael, ayom azin yeton am today became a people. Nashem elohecha v'sham. Can you should listen to the voice of God? Ve'asita et misvotav v'tarkotav. Hashem anuchim esavecha ayom, which is fulfilled in misvot. That you're going to be commanded now again. Hayom again, you see the concept of Hayom today, and as she says again, that every day you should uh, uh, um, imagine uh, as if that you came into the covenant with God today. Point is, everything should be uh, fresh uh, and new. command the people. Now we're going to start the blessings. So six tribes are going to stand on a mountain called Hargirizim. And uh, six are going to stand on a mountain called Har-Eval. And the Kohanim and the Devim will be in the middle. And uh, the Devim faced Hargirizim and they started with the Beracha. And uh, then uh, they turned their heads to Har-Eval and they opened with a so the Berachot were faced at Har Gerizim. They called it Har Beracha, and they gave the curses by Har Evan. And it tells you the tribes that stood at these mountains. So it says, who are the tribes that stood at Mount Blessing? Shimon, Belevi, Yehuda, Yisachar, Yosef, and Benjamin. These are the tribes that stood at Har Evan, the curse. The Uven, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, Ben Aftali. That's... Uh, that's how they divide it. And then the Pasuk says, 
וענו הלוויים ואמרו אל כל איש ישראל קולם. הלוויים then broadcasted the קללות. Let's just read one of them. ארור האיש, cursed is the man, אשר יעשה פסל ומסכה. Cursed is the man that makes a image. תועמת השם the disgrace of God. מעשיה דה חלש. Something that's made in secret. וסמבה סתר. Made by a craftsman. And he places it in, in, in secret place. Meaning Avodah Zarah. Cursed is the man that has Avodah Zarah in his pocket. And the nation answered, Amen. Amen. Cursed is the man that disgraces his parents or degrades his parents. And the congregation answered, Amen. Cursed is the man that... Uh, uh, encroaches on his friend's uh, borders. It means he moves the, the fence a little to steal some of the, his friend's property. Amen. Cursed is the person that um, takes advantage of a blind person. It's referring to not a physically blind person, but a person who's blind in knowledge and you give him bad advice. And the congregation answered, Amen. ארור מטה משפט קרי יתום ואלמנה. Cursed is the man that uh, is, um, perverts the judgment of a convert or a widow or an orphan. He rules against them because they don't have anybody to defend them. ארור שוכב עם אשת אביב. Cursed is the man that cohabits or sleeps with his father's wife because he's revealing the, 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 the lady that his father was with. Arur Shochem, we call him a curse is the man that goes with an animal. Arur Shochem, we call him a man that goes with a sister, daughter of his father or daughter of his mother. And the congregation answered, Amen. Arur Shochem, we call him a man that lies with his mother-in-law. Amen. Arur Makere, we call him a man that strikes his friend in secret. Now, how do you strike your friend in secret? If you strike him, it's not a secret. So the she says it means you're talking Lashonara behind his back. That means you're talking, you know, you're, you're striking him in secret. You're striking him with your with your uh, with your words. So there's 11 curses we just read over here. It's corresponding 11 tribes. However, corresponding the tribe of Shimon, there is no curse uh, because uh, well, because. Uh, the curses were only given to the tribes that Moshe Rabbeinu intended to bless. And he, no, he had no intention to bless Shimon. For, 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 uh, so therefore, since he had no intention to bless Shimon, Moshe, that is, uh, uh, the question is why? So we'll have to see why. Maybe, maybe because what Zimri ben Salud did from the tribe of Shimon. So therefore, there was only 11 blessings and Shimon was not part of it. He was not going to be part of the curses and he was not going to be part of the blessings. Then the last pasuk says, Arur Cursed is the man that does not uh, uphold the words of the Torah to perform them. And the congregation answered, Amen. And as she says, this is referring to all the Torah. The person is cursed. If he doesn't uh, fulfill any part of the Torah, and they accept it upon themselves, the Jewish people accepted the Torah in an oath, and therefore, cursed is the person that does not fulfill any part of the 
the Torah, and the congregation answered, Amen. Oh.